you cautiously open the door and come face to face with the largest turkey you've ever seen. Turkey? In the middle of the dungeon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he looks at you quizzically, cocking his head to one side. Well, you know, I guess it's about time for Thanksgiving. So I'm going to take out my carving knife and advance on the turkey. As you pull out your knife, the turkey claws at the ground. Um, You notice that the claws are unusually sharp for a turkey. Uh, Wait, it's, it's just a turkey though, right? He gives you this look that you feel like if he could talk, he'd be saying, come at me, bro. Uh, I... I thought that this was going to be like a fun encounter for Thanksgiving. The turkey's eyes go the deep red of cranberry sauce. Roll for initiative. This time on Becoming DM, we're talking about running Thanksgiving-themed games. Hey everyone, this is John. And this is Danielle. And really excited to have you back. We are uh, in the week before Canadian Thanksgiving. Is that right, Danielle? Woo! <laughs> yes, the, the week before Canadian... <laughs> I, 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 have, I have to rely upon you for all of my Canadian uh, factoids <laughs> and trivia. I can't just say it. I have to verify with you that I'm right. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Yeah, Thanksgiving is on Monday, so we're releasing just in time. Yep. So we thought it would be fun. We uh, I realized a couple years ago we did an episode on running Halloween-themed adventures, and with, uh, with uh, next week being Canadian Thanksgiving and then several weeks after that being American Thanksgiving, I thought it would be good to have an episode talking about running Thanksgiving-themed adventures. So... Uh, Danielle, if you don't mind, why don't you get us kicked off and like talk about why this might be important in your game? Well, for myself, I think that doing... I, I mean, I, I love fun little uh, breaks away from the campaign. I find for me... Um, I don't even know if it's for my group. I think that this is a lot for me, too. <laughs> is that sometimes I need a break from the main campaign, and sometimes I think the players do, too. And so it can be a great way to kind of, like, mix things up a little bit, give yourself a bit of a break, especially if you're running a very serious campaign. Because some campaigns, they can be downright stressful sometimes. And uh, when you can just kind of take a break from that and just do a session where it's, like, just really fun, really zany. It doesn't even have to be zany. It could be just as serious, but not as much on the line because it's not part of your, you know, two-year campaign or whatever. Um, I think it can really bring some uh, something extra to the table. Yeah, I, when you when you think about running a game, if you've been working, if you've been playing with the same people for a couple years in a row, just having a way that you can step aside and do something different uh, is is kind of it's kind of cool. And as we said in the Halloween episode, typically when we run a game like this, it's going to be for a single session. We're not going to we're not going to suddenly have like a like a month long or or multi-month long plot revolving around Thanksgiving. Probably not. Hopefully not. <laughs> but so so it is really just like taking a taking a step back from your main campaign uh, to allow you to do do something like that. But if you're doing that, you do need to make sure that that 
this is something that the rest of the table is going to be up for. Um, that doesn't mean that you have to to reveal all the secrets of your Thanksgiving uh, one shot, but it does mean that you need to take into account, is this something that the players are going to be interested in? Because if you're not, they may all show up like expecting continuation of their dark, gritty story and be really disappointed when they're uh, when they're herding turkeys for the farmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could you could really end up with some disappointed players um, if you do it like that. And that's not to say it can't be a surprise. If you know that your party is like 100 percent down for just wackiness, um, then, you know, I, I personally wouldn't even ask my party if I knew that they we're just down for it. And then I would make it some sort of surprise. Um, but aside from taking a break from like your serious campaign, you could also run this as a quick, uh, quick session for people who don't get together that often. Um, cause a lot of times you've got get togethers happening. I think, well, I, I'm assuming that American Thanksgiving is the same as Canadian Thanksgiving. You know, everybody getting together for big, uh, turkey dinners. Um, so you've got a bunch of people who are together, um, you know, maybe you don't have an active campaign going. And so this is a good opportunity to just kind of get everybody to the table. They've got an extra day off. Um, or maybe most of your party members, like your normal group, is gone to other events. And so you've only got, I don't know, uh, two, three of your players. And you can't really push along the main quest. This can be another option to still have a game night, um, but not leave anybody out of the loop. Well, and and kind of a little bit opposite to that, if you have a group that maybe you used to play with, but um, the the group kind of broke up, fell apart because people moved different places, but they come back to town to visit family, it's a great way to kind of get the gang back together for a a, a low stakes, but hopefully high fun um, night of playing D&D. Oh, Absolutely. A great way, like like you said, especially with everybody kind of coming back to, you know, the hometown kind of idea. Um, great, great time to get another, just get a session in, uh, especially with a with a low stakes game like this, like you're saying, mm -hmm. high fun. It's a great way to catch up with people um, because you don't need like 100% commitment from everybody at the table. Yeah, and you don't need to have heavy backstory. You don't need to have all these plot lines that are running against each other. And it's it's really it's really like um, oh, like the popcorn of D anD. d You can have some, and you don't have to have anything before to know that this is popcorn and it's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, it definitely doesn't need to be you know huge buy in. When when you said that, I in my head immediately popped in it's like this request you send out this invite and it's like everyone's invited to my thanksgiving day one shot a four-page backstory is required for every character <laughs> like, oh man um but it can the also so oh yeah oh go ahead go right ahead oh i was just gonna say that so we're talking about getting together with your old group but there's also you know you're getting together with your family or you know your your friends bring new friends over. Um, yep. It can be a really great way to introduce new people to Dungeons and Dragons in a really, really fun, lighthearted, like you said, high fun uh, way. Yeah, I have a I have a niece who has asked me in the past about about Dungeons and Dragons and how to get involved and how to get her her family to be interested in playing it and stuff like that. So. It is one of the things that, that the next time we have a family gathering, I'm going to probably do a one-shot. And especially if it's near 
a holiday. I don't know that we'll be seeing them for Thanksgiving, but if 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 we do, I think that would be a, a great opportunity is to have it be themed for Thanksgiving or whatever holiday we're in. Um, mm-hmm. And they have they have children that they're wanting to involve uh, with getting with playing, and I'm sure that that at least one of my my kids would be. So it's it's like a built in party for this very quick one shot. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, even if you can't get a lot of the adults on board, a lot of times there's, uh, you know, nieces, nephews, kids who are more than willing to have an adult entertain them for a bunch of hours. And um, suddenly so you be- become the cool ex- aunt or uncle. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so let's maybe move on and talk about um, some of the types of quests or stories that you could do for a Thanksgiving themed adventure, because I, like we did with our our Halloween episode, we're, we want to we want to give you some ammunition to get started. A lot of this is really going to still be up to you as the DM to take some of this and build upon it and, and really make it a game that the people that you're playing with are going going to enjoy. So when we talk about uh, the types of quests, you have to remember a little bit about what Thanksgiving is about. It's about big feasts, about getting together with, with people, um, all off, uh, oftentimes about, about turkey and, and all of the other things that come along with it. So one of the things, very simply, could just be a thing of saving dinner. And I, I think that um, a lot of these are very easy to um, to turn into a very low level game so if you are playing with these new people uh it's very easy to to just get them plugged in and and going and it's again low stakes but if you want to you can always tweak up the difficulty level for those people that are playing higher level uh characters and still have it be fun (laughs) so for saving dinner you can have activities like a like a turkey chase or a turkey hunt where, where you're trying to track down turkeys um and and you could have a situation where the turkeys are not what they seem. Uh, there's a dire turkey. Uh, I like to use the the uh, the cockatrice cockatrice um, monster, and we've talked about that on my favorite monster before. I like to use that as a as a stand-in for the uh, the quote unquote dire turkey or or the turkey that uh, that just got suddenly horrified, uh, <laughs> horrifyingly disgusting to, for the for the characters to hunt down. Yeah, you can always just reskin something that already exists. So yep. just throwing the name Dire Turkey on a cockatrice, absolutely. You just be like, this is now a scary turkey. Um, you know, it's just a plump cockatrice, but we're going to call it a Dire Turkey and you're going to it, we'll fight it and hopefully kill it and maybe eat it. Yeah, and, and they're kind of a fun monster to have just because they've got petrification powers and stuff like that. So it can make... Uh, even even if somebody's not just level one, it can make a a level three or four party give them some some uh, some challenge there. Mm-hmm. I know for my current campaign because uh, we'll be playing on Friday. Um, hopefully they don't hear this before then. But uh, for my Thanksgiving thing, I'm we're doing a werewolf type campaign, a were campaign, and so they are definitely running into a were turkey uh, this Friday. <laughs> <laughs> it should be. Um, pretty interesting, I think. So, like, is there going to be this whole uh, for where turkey? Are they just a mild mannered person uh, normally, and then they've got the 
is it still a full moon that turns them into the were turkey? I just want to I want to know the mechanics of this. <laughs> the mechanics is so the were turkey only turns into a were turkey at Thanksgiving. Okay. Um so it's it's different from a regular were like this is the like the OG were which nobody ever suspects because it's a turkey, you know. And <laughs> it's not just going to be a regular sized turkey. It's going to be like a huge man-sized turkey. Okay. <laughs> this is what I'm picturing in my head with, anyways. With with cranberry red eyes? <laughs> yes, with cranberry red eyes. <laughs> All right. So moving along with the saving dinner, you could have somebody that stole dinner. And, and um, you could have it be kind of a smash and grab where they were just stealing stuff. You could have it be a wholesome thing where when they find the person, they were just trying to feed their family and... The party can invite them all to dinner with everybody else, um, as long as your party is, is of the mind to do that. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot mm-hmm. of people won't. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, just basically retrieving the dinner that was stolen can be um, can be that uh, that adventure, and then you can add in like add in the the storyline bonuses along the way if there's if there's room for it. And if you think that the party will respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can have a lot of fun with this. Another one that I thought about for saving dinner was like emergency repairs to crucial cooking equipment. See, this could be as as simple as a stove isn't working and they need a special part. And so you're sending them on a part. Or you could have a lot more fun with it. The, the way that I was kind of thinking of this was like some group of giant beings had this um, cast iron pan that somebody washed with soap. One of your party members did, or somebody that's related to your party members. <laughs> you have to season the skillet. <laughs> you must season the skillet. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little bit ludicrous, I know, but I just think All right. it's funny. Well, you could also you could also be. I, when, I thought you were going down this path when you started that. You could be where. <laughs> where you're doing this Thanksgiving dinner for the whole town and they don't have equipment large enough. And so they have to go and try and convince a tribe of hill giants to let them borrow their skillet. Uh, Maybe they'll only let you borrow it if you season the skillet. (laughs) (laughs) But again, the the, the whole point, I think, of, of a... Thanksgiving themed or holiday themed adventures to kind of have it be over the top. I don't think that you're going to, I mean, you could have a Thanksgiving themed adventure that, that goes on the, on the horror bend. Um, I, <laughs> I know I've said in the past that I kind of tend towards that direction when I go themed routes for some reason, but I, I think that, I think that for things like Thanksgiving, it lends itself more easily to goofy, silly fun that everybody just kind of laughs. Like we're doing just talking about the potential, uh, the potential ideas here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just something to get those creative juices flowing. Just run with it. Speaking of running, um, I know like football, that's like there's Thanksgiving day football, right? Like that's a thing down there, isn't it? Oh Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Big that, big time. <laughs> um but so you could do a football game like in your, in your game. You know, like maybe a gang of goblins um challenges them to a, a, an in-game football game 
I see game way too many times there. And the football game became deadly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, the, the thing about running a football game, or really if you're going to do any sort of sporting event at, at, mm-hmm. at a game like this, is you are probably going to need to create some rules because unless I've just missed it, there's no out-of-the-box rules for football in D&D. Now, that would be funny if it was just on like, oh, it's oh, yeah, it's page 234 of the D- DM's Guide. You just missed it, John. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been in there since second edition. But I, there are entrepreneurial people who have made up rules for all sorts of things. So I, I think if you do a, a quick search, you can probably uh, find something pretty quickly. I think you found some stuff for that, right? I did. I, I spent about two minutes looking for the rules for football uh, within the context of D&D. And I found somebody who wrote out a really, really good set of rules on uh, and posted them to Reddit. And it was called Hand Egg as one word. As in like hand and a chicken's egg, hand egg, um, and so, I read through it. It seemed pretty good. Is the is is an egg the ball here? Because yes. that's what it makes. Okay, good. Good. Because I would be disappointed if that was not the case. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that there are there are rules for what happens if the egg breaks. Uh, well, I didn't read all of them. Oh, okay. I, okay. I, I started with like the basic rules and then all the advanced rules for what ifs. I kind of glazed over. But I'm, <laughs> I'm just imagining getting a touchdown and like spiking the egg. Um. <laughs> I remember reading that it was like wrapped in rope or something. Ah. So protected, maybe? I'm uh, not sure. But it, uh. it did read like it would be functionable, right? I would say it would be fun, but. As far as having any sort of fun at uh, at a D and D table, that comes down to the DM and the party, and how everybody's engaging with the game. So, uh, it would hopefully be fun. Yeah, and and depending upon what people are interested in, you could have some undercurrent stuff. Again, not too deep because you do want it to be one session, but it could be more than a football game. Like it's a football game, but somebody's fixing the results or. Mm-hmm. Or or something like that, and and so if you if you have people that are really into that that football game kind of trope, but some that aren't, you can you can again don't get too far off the off the beaten path, but you can provide different things for different people if if you need to. Uh, just be careful with it. Yeah, you definitely have to be a little bit careful. If you make it all very sports orientated and you only have one sports fan at the table, uh, that might not fly so well if there's not something else to pay attention to. Just call it sports ball and it'll all be all right. <laughs> sports ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so other than football and, uh, you know, saving dinner, uh, you can also just help with harvest because that's what kind of Thanksgiving is about is is the harvest. So, like, this would be, I guess, a more combat-orientated thing where somebody is, like, threatening the harvest. You know, maybe yep. somebody's stealing it or some set of creatures are stealing it. Or, um, I don't know, the weather is destroying it. A plague. Um, a curse could be on the harvest. And See, it needs I, to be broken. I like the curse idea. But, again, I tend to go <laughs> to the horror themes on these things. So... Um, I, I'm glad, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I'm like, I was thinking of, of harvest and that's exactly where my mind went was like, <laughs> Ooh, some, some evil across the land as a curse. And 
if if it doesn't get lifted, then everybody turns into whatever. Wear turkeys. <laughs> wear, wear turkeys for everyone. <laughs> So oh, could, yeah. yeah, I when you and when you when you talk about about the threatening event or a curse, uh, you need to think about how it potentially might be resolved. Now that doesn't mean that the party has to go down that path, but being that you're trying to get it done in one session, you do kind of have to lay the tracks pretty steadily there. So if there's a curse, oh yeah, I heard that if you go to this and you crack this vase and and say um, Thanksgiving backwards three times, it breaks the curse. <laughs> that that That's fine to have it be a very on-rails environment because you are trying to get it done in one session. Yeah, you can't really let people go sandbox with this one because... Um, even like your regular one shots, <clears throat> if that carries on for two, three sessions, that's that's usually not that big of a deal. But when you're, you know, if you're only playing every other week, you're basically already at Christmas time or, I guess, <laughs> you know, and you're still trying to track down this turkey, uh, things could get a little bit odd. The turkey have now changed into reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> at least they can finally fly. <laughs> Um, so aside from helping with the harvest, another, another option is local parades. And so you'll, you'll see some, some kind of parallels to, uh, life in our world. So I think of, I think of like the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade and stuff like that. So you could have protection detail where the party is, uh, maybe protecting a, a float. Maybe they have actual floats that like get decorated. Wagons get decorated and and become floats. And by by doing protection there, you can have some really weird, interesting combat. I think because you you have these structures that are not something that the party usually encounters, right? Oh, absolutely. Especially like if you're if you're doing it more akin to the Macy's Day Parade. Mm-hmm. Um, if you replicate that in in the D and D world, like these things would be huge. Um, I'm, well, they are in our world, right? Yeah. But then you get to have like a sword fight on them. That would be, I think, pretty interesting. Yeah, and you could have everything be magically enchanted, so the the moving uh, floats and the giant balloons and stuff like that all make sort of sense because maybe you've got some wizards college nearby that wants to celebrate the the holiday with the town or something yeah that could be like their annual donation um kind of thing uh but as as, along with the the weird combat scenarios you could also have uh because if you have like a bunch of bands you know how like bands like line up like all the different marching band people yep um trying to catch somebody on a chase through one of those or trying to combat with somebody with a bunch of people and like i'm in my mind i'm envisioning like magically enchanted like uh like music parade people who just will keep walking and they're like not scared about the fight that's going on around them. <laughs> I have a job to do and I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you cannot stop this. And, uh, or like horses. Cause you can have, well, obviously there would probably be more horses in a parade, um, in the standard medieval time that most people run their games in. There'd be a lot of horses. 
Yep. And depending upon how those horses are trained, they could cause a stampede. There's all sorts of things that you can do with uh, with a big group of people doing something unusual to what the party is, is used to. Mm-hmm. And as long as we're talking about wizards with the parade balloons, what would happen if one of those wizards was an evil wizard and uh, granted life to the parade balloons? Those giant floating struct- structure things um, now become giant problems. And uh, and the balloons are pissed from being paraded out every year. <laughs> exactly. Have you ever finished running a session of your favorite role-playing game and thought to yourself, I'm not really sure I ran that the right way? Or maybe you just tried out something new in your game and it worked really well and you want everybody to know about it. If so, you may have the perfect idea for a future episode of Becoming DM. Point your browser to becomingdm.com ideas and fill out our simple form to tell us all about it. You can even let us know that you'd like to be a guest co-host for the topic. Submitting your ideas helps John and Danielle relieve pressure on their brains so they can record more episodes. Go to becomingdm.com ideas today to submit your episode idea. Now let's get back to the show. Aside from things like parades, you can also have festivals. And we talked about having festival harvest festivals specifically in our passing our, our I don't remember what it's called passing time episode uh, where we had ca- talked about calendars and stuff like that. So for more details on on these, you could take a look at that episode. But we're going to talk about it here too. Uh, for a festival. You can have a lot of the uh, competitions that you would normally see at a. I I I kind of equate equate it here to like a state fair. Um, I know that some people still have harvest festivals, where where you've got contests that the the attendees participate in, like eating contests, bobbing for apples, sack races, and uh, a, a lot of other things, and these can have their own skill checks assigned with them, and some of them probably make sense from a from a you don't have to do a whole lot of mechanics, uh, but some of them like sack races you could do sort of an athletics check, but you also then have to say how far they get with their sack race ac- athletics check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would it would get kind of interesting. I think you'd have to be careful if you did like the holiday fair thing. Mm-hmm. Because if you if you made it so that everything that they were doing that day was solely based on just checks, it's like roll, oh, you didn't beat a 15, roll, oh, you didn't beat a 15. I think it could get very dull very fast. And so I think it would be fun, but I, I think that there would be like something else that you'd need to like spice it up a little, like maybe limiting chances at trying, or maybe they're given a limited amount of passes to like try these things and and they're trying to beat a different team or something i think that one thing you could do when it comes to the things like the sack races you could also have a number of different kind of races is to build some chase mechanics we talked about this in the halloween episode where just because you've got my speed is 30 and your speed is 20 i'm gonna beat you you don't have to go that route you could have uh have it be more than just skill checks to where there are checkpoints along the race where maybe they have to make a decision 
of I want to I've got this rocky path that is flat, or I've got this um, this non rocky path that's uphill. And so I have to make the decision what is going to be what I think is I'm going to do better at. Maybe there's different skill checks for each of those paths, and mm-hmm. and that way it's not just a bunch of rolling. It's 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 decisions from the from the player on what their character is going to do, uh, accompanied by a, a skill check in that path. And the, the it's easy to do this with races for like for for kind of a, a chase mechanic. But you could also, for other types of competitions, you could also have choices that they can make along the way. So it, it isn't just a roll for this, roll for that type of situation. Mm-hmm. And the choices that they make influence um, the success criteria, maybe. Definitely. Yeah, anytime that you can give players agency, uh, like give them a choice, give them, you know, uh, like a way to control their own fate versus just rolling the dice and being like, well, I hope you put extra points into athletics. (laughs) Sorry, Mr. Wizard. You've got a negative two there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And also to like uh, build up a little bit more excitement over the thing is like whenever I go to arcades and you put your money into the doodad and you get X amount of points, but it spits out tickets at you. And then you can trade those tickets in for like a plastic frog that you lose before you get out of the store. Um, you could do the same kind of thing. Obviously, your tickets would have to be a little bit more valuable or not. Um, but you could have them accumulate tickets and have like, you know, that wizard school that's helping with the, the floats or something like that. They could have a a stand setup where you can exchange tickets and win a holiday themed magic good. Yeah, the other thing you could do if you're talking about tickets or points or whatever your kind of metric is for those games is if you're trying to get the the players to if if that's if goods are not enough to get your players uh motivated to play these games, you could have them get somehow involved with a competition with another with an NPC who has nefarious designs, and if they win the competition, they get something that uh, that helps them achieve those designs. And if the players win, they they get to block that or whatever. So the, you can do things with and and have it be kind of almost like a friendly bet, like, oh hey hey hey, we're at the festival, but you know this guy's a, a bad guy, but but he makes a bet with you because you've got something that he needs or or something like that. Oh, absolutely. That uh, that could be a really good way to pull people in. Yep. So aside from the festival, uh, kind of the last area that we're talking about um, when we talk about Thanksgiving themed, one of the one of the paths you could take is uh, we mentioned this in our in our Halloween episode, have like a Groundhog Day or if you're familiar with the the more recent show Russian Doll uh have a have a session like that where they maybe they have to put on a thanksgiving dinner or perform some other thanksgiving task but they have to do it correctly or there's there's massive dire consequences and i i i put down maybe death <laughs> so so if they if they don't do something right they die and they kind of move back to the beginning 
we've talked about this a little bit in the time travel episode. Uh, make sure that if you're doing this, that that you're not just repeating things for the sake of repeating things. If I would say if they get some things right, just skip past them because otherwise you'll just have this this uh, session that is all the first two steps and nothing mm-hmm. else because that's all they get past. Yeah, that could that could definitely cause things to drag a little bit. Yep. But the interesting thing about about that that I do want to point out is on these on these one shot type holiday themed things, I, I mentioned that that we could have death be a consequence. You could have dire consequences for anything that we've talked about. And it's just a one-off one-shot that really doesn't have an influence on the overall game. So when when it wraps up, maybe they are magically teleported out of Thanksgiving land back to their own <laughs> land, and everybody is fine. So you can you can really go over the top with some of the consequences and and what happens. Maybe uh, maybe uh, somebody got a their head replaced with a turkey head. I like that. <laughs> but the point is, can, is that can they now a, talk to the dire turkey yes absolutely but the point <laughs> is because it's a because it's a one-off um you can really have the consequences be whatever you want and then have those consequences removed at the end uh when they when they're done with the one shot yeah absolutely as long as you don't have anybody who's too reactive to negative consequences because um, that could kill the fun of the whole table so something to pay attention to. So since we're talking about Thanksgiving that has so many feast-like activities, let's talk about adding some additional flavor. Mm, <laughs> did you, gotta love did that you, flavor. Did you like the setup there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you if you do run a game in person, I would say just like just like any other kind of theme game, having decor to your environment can help set the mood and, and kind of um, give players an idea of what they're going to encounter, but also keep them in, in the immersion. Even if it's a goofy, silly thing, you could have, if, if you're if you're hunting dire turkeys, you could have like the big cartoonist pictures of turkeys hanging on the wall. Um, <laughs> and I, I think it would, it, it may not, it may be kind of a little bit the opposite of immersion, but it, it, it's going to add a lot of fun to the game. And for, for uh, especially for a session like this, I think making the surroundings a little bit goofy, a little bit fun can can actually really add to the game. Oh, it absolutely can. You just have to make sure that your decor uh, like suits the mood that you're going for in the game. Like yep. if you're going for a goofy game, then you can really do so much with your decor. And if you're going for something like very serious and very dark. Um, that could also be a really fun, creative time with however it is that you plan on decorating dark Thanksgiving, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I can't even picture it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're, if you're, if you are running a game online, you can take the same sort of approach if you're using maps and stuff like that. A simple change of the coloring on your maps to be like that orange and and kind of burnt red, uh, mixing together. Maybe the floors of all the all the places are now this orangish color, and the walls are this red color, and to evoke that autumnal uh, color palette. You could do something like that. You could also, again, if you're going the goofy route, you could have all the tokens on your on your uh, digital. Um, 
online tabletop role playing game role playing environment you could have them be like goofy cartoonish pictures of 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 the enemies and stuff like that so there's a lot of ways that you can set the mood even if you're not meeting in person as well oh absolutely with like you've got an entire you've got however many decades worth of of backlog on thanksgiving decor and and Mm -hmm plans and memories that everybody has you can play off all of it not to mention all the like we said at the beginning the flavors or like the senses because it thanksgiving is a very sense-filled holiday right like most of them are but thanksgiving too especially when you have um like there's a lot of flavors because there's a lot of food included uh and so you can spice up you can spice up anything right with all this so think about the flavors that come with thanksgiving uh most notably for me would be gravy and i think that it would be really really fun or interesting at very least um to have gelatinous cubes that are just made of gravy or maybe they're not made of gravy but they look and smell like they're made of gravy (laughs) That would actually, that sounds worse. That sounds so much worse. (laughs) This green ooze is coming towards you. It smells like poultry seasoning. (laughs) What? (laughs) And, and, I mean, the the key thing, I think, is as the DM, making sure that you are are really being on point with your descriptions. Because when we talk about setting the scene and evoking this sort of holiday um, style event rather than it just being a one-off offshoot of your regular campaign that's a little bit goofy you do need to make sure that you're you're using uh, words and descriptions that that elicit those kind of holiday holiday vibes oh absolutely if if like you as a DM, what you say to your players is the world. Yep. Right? Because if you just say, well, you're in a dungeon and there's a green cube coming towards you, that really doesn't help that much. Everybody could be picturing completely different things. Um, but when you've got, you know, a, a a turkey with cranberry red eyes, you know, that's <laughs> that that's evocative of a very specific thing. And if everything smells like pumpkin spice, uh, you know <laughs> that you're that you're like in October, November time frame. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, it, yeah. You can just put pumpkin spice everywhere if you're doing a, like a Thanksgiving, Halloween themed thing. It's pumpkin spice. Although an interesting thought, I was thinking the flavors and you've got, you know, gravy and pumpkin spice and obviously everybody's eating turkey. Well, not everybody, but, you know, eating turkey. Um, fun thought. What would happen if a powerful necromancer raised all of the dead turkeys in a village on Thanksgiving evening, like before everybody starts cooking or maybe after they start cooking? And so you have a bunch of like oven hot raised turkeys attacking the townsfolk oven hot oven (laughs) oven hot yeah wow uh (laughs) i thought that i went dark with some of my things sometimes (laughs) i think you could definitely get a couple laughs um 
But uh, continuing on with kind of the description area, the other thing to keep in mind is those smells. So you, you, as the DM, probably have a pretty good idea of what it smells like in your house when things are, are cooking on Thanksgiving. Or if you don't, maybe you know what it smells like in somebody else's house. Because I, I know that for a long time, I didn't have Thanksgiving in my house. It was always at somebody else's house. So that's just the way it was. Uh, also, things like having that fireplace going and, and the, the, the crackle of wood and the smell of that, that wood burning um, and, and just kind of the overall feeling of, of fall. And, and there's almost like a certain scent to it, right? Oh, there absolutely is. And if you can describe that or or bring that into the session, I'm not saying to light anything on fire. I'm just saying to bring <laughs> that that feeling into the session. Hey, if um, your gaming environment allows you to do that, then then go right ahead. Oh, if if it does, yeah, that could that could definitely help. But I mean, proper ventilation and safety, fire safety, everybody. Um, but also if they're so that's inside, but outside you could still have the big fireplace, um, you know, or not a fireplace, but a big cooking fire. Right. Um, not to mention the actual smell of fall, like fall itself with all the leaves changing color and falling off the trees, um, depending on where you live. Uh, you know, that's that's a big part of Thanksgiving smell from my perspective. Anyways, it's like. You can smell that Thanksgiving is coming when you go outside because you can smell fall. Yeah. And then, um, and then, like, touching on the other senses, you've got the sounds. You've got all these people gathering together. So there's a, there's a low-churn racket of, of these people talking and interacting, people that haven't seen each other for a while. So you're going to have ex- exclamations of, oh, it's been so long, blah, blah, blah. Um, you've got kind of the, the gobbling turkeys, uh, the clatter of, of people working in the kitchens as pans get dropped or things get stirred or, or things like that. And then if you, again, if you have that football game in your, in your environment, kind of describing the sounds of those people playing the game and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a very, if you're doing the football thing, if you're not, um, if football is still a big thing in your area, but you're not actually playing it, you could still have the sounds there, but yep. you know, um, but then there's also sites. You had kind of touched on this one before when you were saying about when you're playing on digital games, uh, mm-hmm. just changing the, like the foliage color, um, of your maps, right. To be a little bit more of that Auburn, um, you know, your reds and your yellows and your oranges, adding that to your maps can make everything feel like fall or thanksgiving or or what have you um very quickly and when you're talking about sites and describing sites everybody is celebrating this big feast day well mostly everybody is celebrating this big feast day on the same day generally at the same time pretty close um so as far as sites that people will see they'll see all of this food probably if they're in a town everywhere like everybody's going to be running around with all of this food maybe it's going to be chilly outside so you'll see people in like their their scarves and their jackets Um, anything that you can help to describe what they're seeing that kind of puts them into that place and time would be awesome yep and then and then 
just rounding out all of our senses is the touch, uh, the, the chilly breeze when you're outside. But not only the chilly breeze, but the the warmth of, of the room when you enter a room and it's got that fire lit, things like that. Uh, the the If you're like doing pumpkin toss or, or something like that, the feel of those pumpkins, how how the the, the football or the hand egg, hand egg feels. Hand egg. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of those can, can impart kind of the, the sense of being in this, this Thanksgiving time to your game. Mm -hmm. Anything additional that you can add, you know, it's just, it can just bring so much life to a scenario. Even if the scenario is just chasing turkeys, if you describe it well enough, everybody will, will just be so engrossed in it. Um, hopefully that it, it, everybody's just going to have a great time. Don't worry about it. It's going to be great. <laughs> Another thing that you can do when you're talking about, you know, your holiday events, right? There's all these themes and flavors and stuff like that. But let's go with something that I know I am a huge fan of is themed magic items. Um, I can't get enough of this stuff. Uh, I just love them. So you can Google <laughs> items. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I just love it. You can Google items. There's, I'm sure that they exist out there. Um, may, probably not as many for Hall or for Thanksgiving as for like Halloween. Um, or you can create your own, right? If you're, if you have a, uh, a talent for making your own magic items. Uh, but something that's really, really quick and easy to do if, if you can't find any that you're looking for or you don't want to make your own is you can just reskin an existing item like we talked about earlier in the episode with uh, reskinning the cockatrice as a dire turkey. Yeah, so in, one of the things by doing this, by modifying an existing or even by creating your own, you can create magic items that are very specific to Thanksgiving so that you don't really have to worry about are you overpowering the players because you could give them a, a lantern of tracking that, that changes itself into the lantern, lantern of the turkey hunt or lantern of scarecrow locations that, that only track that one kind of thing that is largely probably not going to come into play in your mainline game. Yeah, and you just it, you just it's just restrict it. Um, you can also have like the gloves of missile staring. That's a thing. It, it's technically supposed to help you catch arrows, uh, you know. But some farmer had them, and he was using them to catch apples thrown from trees, and so he just called them his apple catcher's gloves, and uh, and he gave them to one of the party mates or something. Yep, and and likewise, if you have a if you have a football game uh, in your environment. You could have those same gloves be for um, for catching the the ball, and and yes, maybe it's unsportsmanlike, but some people are okay with that. <laughs> uh, you can, if you just go through your magic items, you can find so many that suit this. I found a broom of flying that you don't you don't need to reskin that one. That one fits right in, I think. Anyways, yeah, and then there's the. Uh, the dust of dry dryness you can change this into something that uh i i kind of like to 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 opposite that to have it be the thing that you can sprinkle on the on the turkey to make it moist <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> you could definitely go that route. I was thinking about it as like a, as like a curing agent for you uh-huh. know if there's this company is doing up like a bunch of turkey or something, and so they could use it to uh, make turkey jerky. Uh, but I really like that idea of of I don't I don't know what you'd call that a turkey wetter. <laughs> no, no, don't call it that. I I don't know what to call it, but not that. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, but the the key thing is is to think about the again the the setting, the storyline that you're doing, the overall um, theme that you're trying to elicit, and then. Find, create, modify magic items that that help uh, elicit that theme. And again, if they are if they're really specific to that holiday themed thing, then you don't have to worry about them being overpowered magic items that the the party then uses to walk all over the enemies. Because the turkey wetter, yes, I'm using your name, <laughs> <laughs> is not going to really help them fight the big bad in your. <laughs> In your game, unless his goal is to make all the turkey dry, but I I doubt that that's the case. (laughs) Never underestimate what somebody's going to do with a weird magic item you give them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so you can just go through, you find whatever it is that that you want to give them, whatever it is that kind of like suits the theme. Um, You know, find anything that the party needs or wants and just give them a little bit of that pumpkin spice. So let's wrap up with a, with a few kind of wrap-up things. Uh, again, remember that these holiday-themed campaign, campaigns, quote-unquote, are generally one-shots. So as you're both planning and running, you need to make sure to thoroughly budget your time and to understand, especially as you're running it, understand where you are in the one-shot and how much farther you have to go. Because... By doing that, you can you can cut things out. You can shortcut things if necessary. If it looks like it's going long, mm-hmm. yeah, you you definitely have to pay attention to your time. You have to know what time everybody is willing to play until, especially yeah. when you're playing with people who aren't used to playing Dungeons and Dragons um, or any tabletop role playing game. Um, but you like, it's just it's just gonna be a fun time in my opinion and you can do a themed event you can make it as silly or as serious as you like like i was saying before you don't have to like if your if your party's usually serious this might be a good opportunity to step away for something really silly or if your party is usually silly this could be a time to go super dark and do the darkest thanksgiving ever yeah, and and even if it's super dark, they may like wrap it up and go, "Oh, that was hilarious! How you had this turkey that was all dressed in black or whatever." Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's probably not how you're going to go dark, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that is what we wanted to talk about about our Thanksgiving themed sessions. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Hopefully, you have a fantastic Thanksgiving next week if you're in Canada or a fantastic week of October 10th, if you're not. And we will see you in a couple weeks. Until then, stay stay nerdy, nerdy, friends. friends. Thanks for joining us again. Make sure to share the show with friends to help grow our audience. 
You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash becomingdm. On Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest, we are becomingdm. And our website is becomingdm.com. Becoming DM is produced by John Welsh and Danielle Tremblay. The show is edited by John Welsh. We'll be back in two weeks. See you then.